reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom patrol! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doom Patrol podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me, as always, is Murray Fox, and this week we are looking at uh, the Doom Patrol number 20 from March 1989. Mm -hmm. Yes, the next issue of the uh, Grant Morrison, Richard Case version of the team. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he stuck with, like... They kept the same artist the whole run through, didn't they, for the most part? I think. Uh, yeah, except there was a couple fill-in issues. Yeah, yeah. With a couple of other artists. But yeah, yeah. Case did the whole thing of uh, Morrison. That's always Morrison good. likes to stick with one artist if possible, I think. Or at yeah. least he did at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, that's nice. I like when they've got one consistent look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although Case's uh, style evolves pretty drastically as the, as the uh, series goes on. Yeah, even with the, the uh, changes, really... though. What's that? Well, like, even with the changes, though, it's, like, the same. It's nice yeah, that yeah. it's the same guy, for sure. It's nice to watch that evolution, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something you really don't get to see, at least on one, on one particular book. Yeah, yeah. Usually you have to catch a creator's... Uh, yeah, they... On a bunch of different books. Yeah, so they move. harder to... Right. Right, right. They go from one to the other, and then you see the new, uh, the new style or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we get to see the transition in action. All righty. So we got the cover there by uh, Richard Case, and it's uh, showing Robot Man and and uh, Crazy Jane as little cutout dolls, and we see a ginormous pair of scissors getting ready to do a little bit of snipping there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Crawling from the Wreckage, part two of four. And uh, we open it up. We get a little publishorial there talking about the, uh, looks like it's almost the pre-Vertigo days of Vertigo. Talking about Hellblazer and Swamp Thing and Wasteland. Yeah. Some of those things that would lead up to the creation of the Vertigo uh, series there. Mm-hmm. Neat, neat. House of Mysteries mentioned very good, but getting into it, we uh, open up with a scene of who is it? Father McGarry, <laughs> who is uh, uh, wandering through the dirty streets of somewhere. <laughs> and he, I would hope that's a junkyard because that is otherwise that's reprehensible. <laughs> I know that's one. Uh, maybe it I is mean, a junkyard. That's one real. Uh, yeah, there he goes. He trudges out to the dump. Yeah, there we go. Looking for God among the debris. There we are. So it's not just the city. Ah, that's good. <laughs> yes, looking for God in the trash there. And he's looking for some sort of evidence, some sign. He sees a he sees like a an old poster or something. Have faith in God. All mushed up and covered in dirt. And then a ginormous yellow fish rains down on top of them. <laughs> and we turn the page and we see there are a ton of fish. Pike and sturgeon and salmon, all sorts of fish falling from the sky, raining on top of them. And he notices that there's 
no cod, which he thinks is kind of funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If, if you're going to have fish raining, you might as well have have them all. And he's kind of laughing to himself, and he there's a shadow on top of him, and he looks up, and just in time to be squashed by a giant 1950s-era refrigerator. <laughs> he is squished, and the chapter is called Cautionary Tales. So much for uh, so much for Father McGarry. He's now part of the trash heap. I felt his character had so much potential too. I know, and now, now, now he's nothing. Know. He's sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Alrighty. Morrison writes his uh, Father McGarry Elseworlds. That's right. That's right. Where he survives the uh, the fridge accident there. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's written by Grant Morrison. Penciled by Richard Case, Scott Han is the inker, and it's all edited by Robert Greenberger. Alrighty, so we zip on over back to the uh, Alamance Memorial Hotel, and uh, we have a doctor, I guess, talking to Chief. Did you say hotel or hospital? You know what? I think I said hotel. <laughs> I think you did, too. I'm like, what? what? It's not a hotel. Well, you know. I'm thinking French, maybe. <laughs> Isn't that what they call it in French? Hotel. No, it's hôpital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. What am I thinking? I don't know. My lips aren't working, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the uh, hospital. <laughs> and in the hospital, we have Chief and we have... Uh, what's his name there? Josh? The, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Josh. Tempest? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I can never remember their names. Their code names. Yeah. It's always really? like Josh and Aranny and yeah. and negative woman. Hers I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's right. All right, so they're wandered through, and the uh, one of the doctors says uh, they're talking about how two orderlies found the creature, and they're being treated for minor burns. And Josh says, "Creature? I thought we were talking about Larry Trainer here." And the doctor says, "Well, it might have been Larry Trainer last night, but it's uh, certainly not Larry Trainer now." And the chief, mm-hmm. he's like, so you said it has uh, both male and female characteristics. The doctor says, yes, that's it. That's exactly it. We think, we believe that the creature is some kind of amalgamation of Mr. Trainer and Dr. Eleanor Poole. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You'll see that it's also emitting some kind of radiation. We had to use treated bandages to, well, anyway, you'll see for yourself. We, uh. Go into they happen the... to have the same treated bandages <laughs> that the chief created 30 years ago? They're just hanging around. He's patented them now for... <laughs> uh, he probably has, actually. Yeah, that would explain where some of those may come from. Exactly, for all those uh, radiated people wandering through the DCU. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we see uh, the new uh, negative creature hanging out in uh, <laughs> in those hospital slippers, a hospital gown, and wrapped up in bandages there. Sitting right in front of... a. Uh, I don't know if that's a stained glass window or a painting of some sort showing, I guess, Adam and Eve and the apple, and it's all very symbolic. Very deep. Very symbolic, yeah. Oh, it's a, what kind of hospital is this? Anyway. <laughs> uh, it's probably a Catholic hospital. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. Memorial Hospital? That would not be Catholic. Who I'm knows? Sure. It would be St. something or other. That's right. St. Saint. <laughs> Adamance. Saint anyway. Larry, uh, the chief says, Larry, do you know me? And it just says, nothing pure. 
My race is mixed. My sex is mixed. I am woman and man and light with darkness. Mixed. Mixed. I'm nothing special. Nothing pure. I am mud and flame. The chief just nods. He's like, I see. Because oh. <laughs> really, what can you say to that? <laughs> and then we flash back to the town of Greenock. And it's pouring rain, and we've got uh, some kid reading a comic in his bedroom there, looking through the uh, latest issue of Beano. <laughs> and uh, what's it say there? Every hour, every minute, every second brings Sunday closer. The confessional will smell of damp raincoats and wet hair and the priest's aftershave. And the kid, I think, is thinking, Father, it's been three weeks since my last confession. And it was Jamie Belshaw that gave me the dirty books, and I only looked at them a few times, and then <laughs> he notices something is moving in the wardrobe. So he uh, goes to open it up, and uh, he's thinking hanging jackets are jostling furtively for space, and he's thinking maybe the dirty books have come to life. Uh, so lots of thoughts are going through his head there. He opens it up, and we get like a... A shocked look on his face and uh, that's all we see of the kid for now and then his father comes knocking on the door Stuart I'm phoning down the Chinese for the dinner what are you wanting Stuart and he bangs open the door and Stuart is gone and the uh, caption there exactly says gone. well yeah he's sort of there there's no Sun now but there's a stencil shape in the air <laughs> a hollow wind in an empty room there's no time, there's no space, there's just the cutout of his kid in the air there, which is kind of cool. And if we think, I, like they started showing little scissors and stuff last issue, didn't they? Maybe? What's that? Didn't they start showing like little hints of scissors and stuff last issue? Yeah, little issue? things are happening. And yeah. People are, things and people are getting sort of cut, snipped out of reality. Yeah, they had talked, They there might have even been like a, they had talked about the scissors or the scissor man or something, but... Anyway, bit by bit, we're getting little clues there. But we flash back to the hospital, and Chief is talking to uh, Larry. Can you tell us, Larry, can you tell us what happened? Not Larry, nor yet Eleanor. I... He decides, Rebus. You can call us Rebus. Hmm, says the Chief. We're tired now. You can leave. <laughs> so they roll on out, walk on out, and uh, Rebus stands up and takes off his robe. And... Uh, out in the hallway there, Josh is, he's having a rough time with it. He's like, I can't believe this. It's like a nightmare. Poor Larry. And that name he said. And Chief uh, provides some, in, uh, what does he provide there? A little bit of explanation there. Rebus. It was a term used by the medieval alchemists to identify the result of a chemical, chemical, bind wedding. You should read more, Joshua. <laughs> Whatever it is, the whole thing's a grotesque tragedy. Yes, yes. One moment, please, gentlemen. And uh, Chief pokes his head back in, of course. <laughs> and he calls out Rebus, and we see Rebus is kind of stretched out, floating in the air there. And it's definitely a man-woman creature. She's got woman breasts and man physique. and She's a little bit of everything. <laughs> a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. I suppose she could be a non-lipstick lesbian, but uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some there's some bulging going on there. There is, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, a little bit there. One of the things I really like about Rebus in this series is that he never touches ground. 
Oh, very cool! It's always never, floating. You ne- you never see you never see him him her her <laughs> uh, float uh, touch the ground. Very cool. Hmm, that's probably me. Yeah, yeah. So we start the floating here, and uh, the chief says, "How would you like to join the Doom Patrol?" And then we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never want to let an opportunity pass him by. So we uh, go into the cafeteria of the same hospital there, and uh, Cliff is talking with, oh, what's his name, Doctor Magnus. And uh, Magnus Still is still trying to talk about his funk from last. That's year. right. You're making progress, Cliff. There's no denying that. Cliff's like, what do you want? A mag, a medal? <laughs> I'm not trying to take any credit for your improvement. I think you did that yourself. I'm told you've been spending a lot of time with Crazy Jane. Her therapist says your help's been invaluable. What do you make of her? Jane, I mean. Cliff's like, I don't know. I've never even heard of a multiple personality case like hers before. Sometimes she can be six or seven different people in one conversation. I'm just trying to help her organize herself and start cataloging the new superpowers she's been saddled with. Keeps me off the streets, you know. Yes, I know, says Dr. Magnus. Listen, Cliff, one last thing. I kind of took it to heart when you complained about the crudity of your robot body. Especially when you think of the way cybernetics technology has improved recently. You made me think, Cliff, so uh, I'm going to build you a new body. I'll be in touch, okay? Huh, says Cliff. (laughs) He just kind of sits there. And uh, Dr. Magnus walks off, and Jane walks on. Hey there, Jane. Talk of the devil, huh? And she says, I'm driver eight. We haven't met yet. What? Oh, sure. How you doing? It's not easy keeping track of all those personalities. We're not personalities, she said. We're persons. Can we talk a while? Or can we walk a while? See, I drive the train, and uh, Cliff's like, hold on, you're getting way ahead of me. What train is this? She says, it's the train of thought. I monitor the stations of the underground. And uh, Cliff says, that's where y'all live, right? In Jane's head, the underground. It's kind of a neat way to uh, think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's obvious how much thought Grant Morrison put into all this. Yeah. Crazy Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Like, it's, it's neat the way he's got it organized and the way she's organizing it. And Yeah, it's cool. It is cool. And... Uh, Jane says, you're, uh, you're oversimplifying it, but yes, that's about right. Anyway, some of the others have asked me to tell you that, well, that they like you. Rain Brain says your voice is like an old black telephone and black anise. Told me to tell you that you're the first man she hasn't wanted to castrate. <laughs> Cliff says, tell her she'd be too late anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then she says, Baby Doll likes your name. She calls you Sheltering Cliff now. She's always been really embarrassing like that. I think you're okay, too. Yeah, it's got to be said. I'm a wonderful guy. <laughs> that was. I remember reading this the first time thinking, it's kind of cool the way they're just kind of dropping in the different personalities as you go. And, and uh, you get little hints maybe about what they might be, uh, what they might do, but really you don't get a whole lot of uh, info. Well, that's yet. called... Yeah, that's called not writing yourself into a corner right away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a cool name. Haven't figured out what it's going to do yet, but uh, that's all right. Well, that's the thing. As long as you don't figure out what it does exactly, 
it can do whatever you need it to do later on. That's right, exactly, for sure. So there one. I need a personality that can, you know, <laughs> create ice cream. Exactly. All right, done. There we go. Ice cream girl would be it. <laughs> and as they're wandering along, uh, they uh, they hear this big scream and crashing through one of the upper windows is, I don't know, some orderly or a patient or something. Yeah, he, it's uh, Ralph. Ralph from last issue. Remember he was sitting oh, in the yeah. uh, foyer? <gasps> right. Right, right, right. He comes crashing down and uh, Cliff runs over to him. Ralph. There you go. He gets a name. <laughs> Listen, don't try to move. And all he can say is "Scissor Man, Scissor Man, Snip, Snap, Snip." And then, then he's, he's dead. got his fingers out in the scissors, like the little scissor for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he unfortunately loses. <laughs> he looks like he expires. Yes. Yeah, we get the little. Uh, Someone clearly had rock. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he uh, did not make it. <laughs> And we uh, move on to the subway, it looks like. Yeah, I think so. And we've got a guy sitting in there. And he's maybe having a conversation with himself. <laughs> it's not really stealing, is it? Not when you just find something. It's not stealing at all. Sometimes it makes you want to be sick just to look at it. The way it moves without moving. The way it folds and unfolds and enfolds. Stations go by like beads on an abacus. He knows them all by heart, an urban catechism. Chambers, Franklin, Canal, Houston, Christopher, 14th, 23rd. And uh, as he's kind of rhyming off the station, uh, different stations there, we see him. First he's looking at the ground, then he starts to look up, and then as he looks up, he's uh, he's got this kind of horrified look on his face. face. <laughs> and the, the last station he mentions is uh, Orkwith. And we look out of the subway station there, and we see just the... He is no longer in wherever he was. <laughs> Everything is made out of bone. We've got uh, bone ground and bone buildings. and It's all made of bone, he says. Shadows shifting on the bone platform. He's praying the doors don't open. He's praying, he's praying. But of course, the door flew open, and he ran the great long red-legged scissor man and the door opens and we see a shadowy figure with a pair of scissors at the end of his arm that's gonna be pointy that's gonna be pointy that's also scene change <laughs> and we get cliff writing in his room he's uh working on his desk got a little lamp there and something catches his ears so he uh goes out of his room hears someone mumbling blood of the lamb blood of the lamb blood of the lamb and he finds crazy jane in the hallway she's all uh bloody and and uh having a bit of an episode <laughs> so cliff comes over to her jane jane what's uh she says i warned you didn't i say didn't i they're coming Cliff says like who who's coming and we see a foot in the uh last panel there an ominous looking foot and we turn the page and Jane says scissor men and there they are four or five of them standing at the end of the hallway scissors ready and these are kind of they're cool little creatures they're faceless they're all black and red with little uh, crosses kind of on their boots or at the bottom of mm -hmm. their feet there neat neat image and yeah 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 
They start speaking thirdly, be grimmer as fond brevities. Aider with alders. And Arethism safer. Cliff just says, oh my god. <laughs> and here be oh, no that's right. dragonette. These guys are these guys are guys and they all they still think only they speak in anagrams. Or is it those are different guys? I don't know. Anagrams would have to rearrange the letters, right? Yeah, yeah so this is something else. But uh, he had a lot of that where, you know, his, his bad guys talked in weird ways. Yeah, yeah. And in some, I don't know, in some cases it might, well, it probably always means something, but it's just up to the reader to kind of figure it out, which is, you know, kind of a fun thing. You yeah. go and, yeah. this is before Google search. <laughs> you had to actually, yes. like, you had to actually read a book or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Cliff, yes, he grabs Jane and he says, all right, we're out of here, move. And he comes crashing through the uh, door of some, uh, some room. Someone saying, I'm a doctor, please, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, help me, please. And we see this doctor kind of hanging in midair. It's like he's being sort of pulled through a portal, except we don't see the portal. So we see a good chunk of him, but his feet are kind of pulled through and his arm and his butt. Half of him is missing. <laughs> part of me's here, part of me there. What are they doing to my hands? They're touching my... I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, they're cutting, they're cutting, they're cutting off my thumbs. And then there's a great big explosion in the room. His tradition becomes a waiting still. Effect paling. Humaner for decimation. Cliff's like, hell, we don't have a chance. And uh, suddenly they are out of the hospital and they're in the outdoors. And... By the time he said chance... Yeah, they had, they had moved. Jane says, it's okay, I teleported us out. My name's Flit, and, uh, oh, Cliff, look there. He looks up, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, what's happening here? In the name of God, what's happening? And we see all sorts of uh, images of people cut, that have been cut, cut away from uh, reality. <laughs> so all that's left is their, uh, just their image they're just white silhouettes. White silhouettes. That would be a cool thing to see, like in, in you know, like a, a, a nothing, a person-shaped nothing, or a nothing-shaped person. <laughs> neat, neat. So that is where it ends for Cliff. We flip the page and we get a quick, a quick uh, tour of the world. There, in Stuttgart, all the clocks chime fifteen simultaneously. Kyoto, four stainless steel pyramids are found rotating five feet above the ground. In Patagonia, a library is discovered. The books it contains are unknown and unreadable. In Johannesburg, a little girl named Harriet inexplicably catches fire. In, oh man, is it Reykjavik? Reykjavik. Reykjavik. <laughs> Three shadows come to life and murder their owners. And in London, Madame Tussauds' wax figure of John Lennon begins to bleed from bullet wound stigmata. In Rome, in Leningrad, in Darwin, the door flew open. In he ran, the great long red leg scissor man. That's it. Dun, 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 dun. Boom, boom. That's right. <laughs> End of chapter two. Worlds in collision. All right. Worlds will live, worlds will die. <laughs> I guess this is after crisis. And they give us, like, what? One, two, three pages, pages? of uh, 
four. Holy moly, four pages of letters. Actually, three page, three and a half pages of letters and one page oh, yeah. and a half of letter from Grant Morrison, yeah. which is actually really interesting. It tells a lot about what his plans are and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. It is very cool. Yeah, the letters are all still filled with uh, comments on the end of the year. Because it's, it's a really good letter, and I think uh, any fans huh. who have not had the chance should do so. Yes. Yeah, so here he talks about when Rabbit Howells. The, uh, oh, right, right, right. The book that he used. The autobiography, To Be Chased. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I read it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he talks a little bit about his history with the Doom Patrol and his... Uh, his history with DC a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very good, uh, it's a good little blurb there. He, uh, I like when authors do that. I like when they kind of come on and set up what they're doing and let you in on some of the background stuff. Yeah. Especially when they actually have, you know, something, a point of view that's a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have something to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So he, uh, yeah, he talks a little bit about where he's come from and what he's planning and drops some names of stuff that we can expect to see. The Scissorman, Mr. Nobody, the new Brotherhood of Evil, <laughs> and all sorts of other groovy stuff. Very cool. 1988. Wow. That's like 20, that's over 20 years ago. Holy smokes. Uh, that's like 30 years ago. Well, no, it's 20, more, almost 20. Over 20. Ugh, getting old. It's <laughs> true, you are. I know, I'm ancient. Not man. me, though. No. No, you're still a young thing. I'm ageless. That's excellent. Timeless, pointless. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm all of those things. <laughs> when this came out, March 89, so... Oh, I was 20. Ugh. Well, no, cover date March, 8, March 89. Yeah. Like that would that come out. Genuine. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I was... Yeah. Like, hotline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the ads are... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I ever did read that one. Oh, you should. It's so funny. <laughs> lots yeah. and lots of fun, as they say. If you yes. like fun. If you don't like fun, you probably don't want, don't want to read it. Ah, there's nothing wrong with fun. <laughs> and then an ad for JLA Europe. Just starting off there. Very cool. I wasn't big on that one. Yeah, it was all right. I. Uh, it's the usual thing comics does, where something becomes very popular and then they, and then they clone it, more and more, and more out of it, and then it's just all spread so thin. Yeah. You just go. Ugh, yeah. Mind. You know, I have to confess, I was never a big fan of the Giffen Justice League to begin with, so it was okay. I liked it for the first... Yeah. Uh, it was okay, but it was never... I it was. I would never say it was like one of my favorite books in the world, so... But I know there are people out there that love it, and that's good. Because there's all sorts of versions of the book for them. What else was coming out at that time? A Dungeons and Dragons comic, Checkmate. They had a Blackhawk book then? Really? Hmm. I don't know that it was, I think it was a miniseries. I don't remember. I don't think it was out that long. 
Maybe, maybe. Oh, no, it, is, it, it must have been because they had subscriptions to it, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't, remember, I don't remember that at all either. No. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Very good. All right, so that brings us up to the end of this week's look. Yes. <laughs> look at the Morrison. A little late. That's all right. It's the summer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We will uh, catch you again soon. And if you want to comment on this episode or any of the other ones, you can wander on over to our website at doompodtroll.com. Mm. And all the episodes are up there, and you can leave comments there to your heart's content. Or you can send us an email at doompodtroll at gmail.com, and we will happily receive mail there too and most likely answer because we're really hard up for things to talk about <laughs> exactly we'll totally <laughs> we'll totally answer back <laughs> we will solve all your doom related problems right on right on alrighty no guarantee, <laughs> no guarantee but we'll try <laughs> sure, sure. sure alrighty that's it for this week we will catch you all next week Bye-bye.